When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, welcome back to Talking Knicks. I'm Tom Piccolo recording this the day after the Knicks escaped. They escaped with a game two victory over the Miami Heat, 111 105. The win tied the series at 1 1. So we're going to have a few days to, to digest it, to talk about it, to mull it over. Because game three is not until Saturday in Miami. So we're going to talk about it. Let's talk about the most maybe gut. Gut-wrenching win of the season. Yeah. Let's talk Knicks. Bang. All right. I am joined in studio here today by Big Baby David, my co-host, our producer. BBD, what's going on? Tom, Knicks are back. But uh, good win, good win. I'm happy. Well, ugly win. Yeah, really, and that's what I want to know. So I want but that to know. feels good. I haven't felt this maybe ever. Like the Knicks, like got away with a big win, uh, despite not not doing all that much to earn it. Obviously, we'll talk about how they got to that and what and what they did do well in this game. Uh, I gotta say before we we get into breaking down, like city's alive for the Knicks a little bit. I had not one, but like two run-ins on the street today, including one as I went and got this coffee, one on my walk-in today, and one just before we recorded this at, at 2.30. And for people on the podcast, BBD's wearing his Jeremy Lin. Wearing my Jeremy Lin Knicks jersey. Uh, one guy walk, on the walk-in, he had a Knicks hat on. We made eye contact. We gave like an affirming nod to one another at like 8, 8 a.m. today. Um so that was that was a cool moment, a little smile, a little nod, and then uh, a mailman outside. While well, I uh, went and got my coffee, we we chatted Knicks for for a good five minutes. And how Knicks bad how back. bad we'd like one in Miami. So like everything, everything that 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 like everyone's uncles said about the Knicks and the <laughs> pulse it gives to the city is I, I felt that for kind of the first time today in my You're life. Seeing it firsthand, I I love that, and I was wondering if how you felt while watching this game was different than how you feel now, kind of like, you know, almost a day removed. Because when I was watching the game, I was pretty on edge the whole time and, like, on pretty edge. angry. I was, like, pretty angry with, like, the Knicks' kind of lack of attention to detail and some of these blown assignments, specifically on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really disturbed, frankly, and some of my tweets reflected that. But now... I feel much better. So I was wondering if you have a similar sensation. Very, very similar. Um, yeah, definitely a lot of frustration, not not executing the little things. Uh, felt like a lot of rebounds that were like in hands, just not getting executed and given, given a lot of Miami players a lot of open looks and, and poor execution in a lot of facets of the game last night. But now that they've gotten this win... Um, you sort of got away with one. Even after losing game one as well, I'm kind of back to just how I felt 
at the beginning of the series, especially if they can get one in Miami, which we'll talk about the importance of, of that, I'm sure, towards the end of this episode. But uh, yeah. I, I'm back to feeling overall fairly confident. And I guess, so the headline of this one was that Jimmy Butler was out with a sprained ankle that he sustained in game one. And he stayed on the floor during that stretch after he sprained his ankle and helped secure a win for Miami. But he sat out game two. And on the other side, Julius Randle was back in the rotation. Mm -hmm. He started. And Jalen Brunson, who was questionable with an ankle injury as well, he also played. So the Knicks came in with, you know, their full healthy, healthy with an asterisk, I guess, but their full roster playing on the floor. Their full complement of players. And and the Heat missing their superstar. And so I think coming into this game, obviously no wins in the playoffs are easy, but we know Miami has a bunch of undrafted guys. Like these are these are guys who are through and through role players and they really mm-hmm. go as Jimmy goes. And so I was I wanted to see the Knicks come out with like some respect for their opponent and really just take it to them. And and I wanted, you know, I wanted Brunson and Randall to be sitting for most of the fourth quarter. I wanted them to be like be able to put their feet up yeah. and relax, and that wasn't what happened at all. Even even with uh with the, the Butler injury, and yeah, there's pressure on the Knicks to make sure you get a, a win in that case because if they had lost and gone down 2-0 at home and one of the games they didn't even use Butler, then yeah, this this team's cooked. But uh, yeah, do you want when when they have this many undrafted guys, they're missing their best player who who very much is the engine of their team. You want to just like keep them from doing the things they are known to do well, and they did not do that. Yeah, um, when when you're when you're a team that's missing their star in the playoffs, you want to introduce as much variability as possible, and and part of that is going to be jacking up a lot of threes, right? Because if those threes fall, even just for one game, you can be the you can be technically the worst team and still get the win. Yeah. You get enough of, of those, you get enough open ones, like NBA guys. You got a, a decent shot to hit enough of them. Any given night, anything can happen. And, <laughs> and I suppose they did hit enough of them. Well, certainly in the first half, they were they were really hitting. And I think that New York's deep, their three point defense was really bad. It was mm-hmm. it was really tough to watch. Um, I've got the stats here. They were, so the heat were 10 of 26, about 38 and a half percent in the first half. It felt, it felt like frankly more than that, but, um, you know, Gabe Vincent and, and Kevin Love were both a little, and Kevin Love was off for kind of the whole game. But, um, like I would say that the Knicks, when I used to talk about like attention to detail, they were like really biting on pump fakes, allowing dribble penetration, leading to kickouts. They were, you know, overhelping on on matchups that didn't require this kind of overhelp. I just thought that it was like kind of sloppy, and there wasn't a lot of trust in each other on the defensive end. Like this team didn't have Jimmy Butler. The, this there weren't a bunch of guys you needed to send double teams to that you needed to like shade all the way over to help. And frankly, I thought that that Tibbs could have gone to a more switch heavy scheme on the perimeter, like between Gabe or yeah, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Max Struess, like. Who really cares which one Jalen Brunson's guarding? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you should be able to you survive it. You if they if the guy who hits it who hits the shot happens to be the one he's guarding, okay, like, right? But but at least they're like, all about a, the same in your hand, head. At least there should be like a hand in their face. Instead, there were like miscommunications and just kind of like schematic reasons for guys being wild wide open. 
And so that was pretty frustrating, and I thought that they cleaned it up more in the second half, not right away. The third quarter started a little shaky, mm-hmm. but I mean, which, this, which did not feel good at all. Felt terrible, like because yeah, it, it felt you'd like think coming out of the half is when the a change was going to happen. So when like the very the first like full minute or two after it, it continued going bad, um, you get very scared. I mean, we said it before it, it was a, it was essentially a must win game. Like you lose this game, you, there's no chance you're going to be able to take mm-hmm. this series. And so all the pressure was on the Knicks. Um, I, I thought I also thought it was interesting that Tibbs started Josh Hart in yes. this game. You know, we don't know entirely how <laughs> Quentin Grimes, what his health is like, but we do know that, like, overall, he played a lot of minutes in this one. He played 25, 26 minutes. Yeah. Um, I, I think for game three, you know, we, we saw Grimes with that starting unit close this game, and he just has a level of chemistry and his role fits with that group, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you've got guys who are very ball dominant, who are very shot happy. You've got your, your Jalen Brunson's your Julius Randall came back. I want to talk more about him. RJ Barrett started this game on fire and actually Grimes played instead of him down the stretch in crunch time. Yeah. But someone I, had to come out. Someone had to come out. And I just, I think that Grimes just is a better fit and the Knicks, bench has been atrocious in this in this two game series so far so like i mean how many points did they get total from their bench it was 12 uh yeah they got six from quickly three from hartenstein who, who played an awesome game and then three yeah. from grimes as well grimes missed both both of his threes quickly missed all four of his threes i mean and Toppin gave you Toppin. nothing in this only one. two shot attempts two airballed threes um and defensively he was just getting targeted he was really bad um so that's why I think like I don't want Josh Hart to play less. Like you don't look at this game and think, oh, Josh Hart needs to play less. It's no. just same number of minutes, but in different stints to help yeah, balance out different this collections team. of guys. The bench desperately needs his spark, and and I think that it would benefit everyone. Um, mm. So I, I, let, let's go back to, to a little bit of the beginning. Julius Randle was back in this one. What do you think of Julius? Uh, early on, he, he kind of immediately. Still looked like the ankle was bothering him, just the way he moved around, and you get got a little nervous. But he was fortunately he he was scoring well enough and making correct decisions. So so overall, very happy and early on, but early on, and I can pretend it was didn't look like like after every layup he like rounded the corner very wide. <laughs> he was not trying to take tight turns when he didn't have to. Um, very yeah, very. Very much looked like he's coming off an ankle injury, um, but I would, would I, I, I would say would be what me and my dad identified while watching. Yeah, and, but even in that first minute, he had a nice drive. Yes, and he he kicked straight it. lines worked. He kicked it. Yeah, straight lines were working for him. He kicked it to Jalen Brunson for a corner three. That was yes, awesome. that was really early. It was it was the first points of the game. And it was it was just a good sign to me that Randall was gonna like be aggressive and be looking for his teammates, and that really held that held true, true the whole way throughout. Exactly, like he was he finished this game. We should say with, um, I mean, he had eight assists to go along with twenty five points and twelve boards, and that was eight assists to, to just three turnovers. Which to him, for him, that's not a bad ratio at all. That's, no, like, that's we'll take that. That's more or less as good as it gets with him on his usage. And, yeah, and what we usually get from him. So. But I, I loved what he brought. Uh, it was just a, a level of physicality and just he had two blow buys in that first quarter on Bam Adebayo. Just 
against a set Bam. This wasn't like Bam and a closeout. This wasn't a scrambling defense. Bam Adebayo was set. And he, this is a defensive, a perennial defensive player of the year candidate. And Julius Randle just blew right by him. That first step looked great. Um, so, yeah, changing directions was one thing. Julius Randle's defense was not very good. Mm-hmm. But offensively, oh, my God. He was, he was a godsend. He was a breath of fresh air. We needed him so badly. And Completely opens up the board for, for everyone else, too. I mean, RJ early in game one was, was excellent as well. But, uh, mm-hmm. but to not have pressure on him and to be a bit more of a secret weapon again goes a long way takes a lot of pressure off Brunson early who uh, had his own ankle thing that I think in hindsight makes his game one performance make a lot more sense Um, Brunson's a weird one and I I do want to get back to him because he started the game just one for six and so you're thinking like oh he's he's really hobbled here and then then he went nuclear and closed the game and and brought us home and so we'll we'll get more into Brunson on a second but for sure but like Randall what I, I really like is I put out a video on this for on the Talk of Knicks Instagram um, and on YouTube, but Randall matched up against a two three zone is is great for Julius Randall because he catches the ball on the perimeter and that means he's going to be having a perimeter guy defending him, and they can't stop him from getting into the paint. Like to beat a two three zone, one of the re- one of the ways to do it is dribble penetration to get the defense to collapse. Julius Randle can That's get... his favorite thing. He can get by any guard. He can just... he get, he. get I, <gasps> I posted a video of him just going up against Caleb Martin. He got to his outside shoulder and just bullied his way past him. Didn't need to make a move. Was just too strong, too overwhelming. Um, and he kicked it out for, an, for a hockey assist. Uh, RJ Barrett hit a three. But, yes. but there were like a, a few plays like that. Even in crunch time in the fourth quarter, Julius Randle caught the ball with Gabe Vincent on him. Mm. And he just... Backed him down, like bodied him. Hey, Kyle Lowry, this <laughs> Kyle Lowry had to come over and help, and Julius just made the right play, kicked it to Josh Hart for one of his two huge threes. So, like, man, Randall was making the all the right plays on offense, and I can't say enough. I, I said it in the in the video. He's the most important player on this Knicks team to me going forward. Definitely, he's he's when he's right, the Knicks best player by a lot, I guess. Um, you know, obviously Brunson, not too far behind, I guess. But uh, but when when Randall is at playing the best he can play, he's the only guy on the team that was an All Star this year. Like for, he's really fucking good. Yeah, and I don't want to downplay. Like I mean, Jalen Brunson was the best player in the series with Donovan Mitchell in the last Absolutely. series. Like, and he was way better than Julius Randall was. And we know Randall was coming yeah. back from an injury as well. But like Jalen Brunson. I mean, that's what the great thing about this team. Not to is take he, anything away from him. Just, like that's how good Randall is at his best. That's the thing. Is like Randall isn't reliant on uh, isn't necessarily reliant on like getting officials to call fouls again, you know, mm-hmm. in his favor. Like he is so powerful and so explosive that he can just overwhelm people. And that's not something Jalen Brunson has in his bag. Like Brunson relies on craft and technique and these little things that sometimes can get taken away in the playoffs when, it, when more physicality gets introduced. Julius Randle is the physicality. Like you can't stop him from doing what he wants to do. Bam at a bio couldn't do it. And, and I don't see anyone in the series who can't. No, if if Bam's not doing it, well, that's and, that's the only guy who matches up. And so. the other thing I wanted to say was like Bam was the guy guarding him, so Julius Randle would be spacing out to three. Randle hit; he was three of nine from three, but he was a threat the whole game from yeah. from behind the arc. Bam Adebayo had to leave the paint, so like the only rim protection was Kevin Love in some cases. Other cases, it was like nobody. 
And so Bam was Bam was leaving the paint to having to go to. check Randall on the perimeter. It's just the domino effect of his presence means so much to this team. So yeah, man, that, he, he has the gravity that they need. Another exactly. another reason to get Grimes in there as well opens up for everybody. His dynamic with all them, like so, his presence is so important. I, I think that's the biggest reason why during the game I was beside myself. Frankly, mm-hmm. um, I hated watching the mostly the defense, but. Um, Randall's Randall just looked really good to me, and I I'm very confident that he'll be able to to go to Miami and impose his will there too. So, another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24/7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, I mean, other guys we should definitely touch on. RJ Barrett started this game really on fire. Like the, the offense was kind of running through him and Julius early on because as we mentioned, Brunson wasn't hitting. Barrett started 6 of 10 from the field in the first half, 4 of 6 from behind the arc. He had 19 points at halftime to lead the team, and he just he just looked really good. Flat yeah. out, like, his good play continues. He, he looked very confident. I was, uh, you know, you get a little nervous because he, he missed his very first shot of the game. I was so happy when he hit the second one because uh, when he, if he goes 0 for 2 to start a game, I think he's probably the guy in the Knicks who whose level of play changes the most when he's feeling confident or not confident. So for him to immediately quell that, by hitting hitting the second shot of the game, set him up for a very good first half. And I have a, I have another player who I want to have as a contender for that mm. player who uh you know their value That's, fluctuates depending on their confidence. But um we'll get to him in a second because he comes off the bench. Um, yeah let let's see Mitchell Robinson. He was uh, not uh, not his best game. No, he was fine. Um, on on the whole, yeah, Hartenstein was the better center. And I, I do want yeah. to get to, to and, more. And there's a lot of people who think he's just the better matchup against Miami anyway, just what he does. Uh, obviously, they need both of them. Yeah. But uh, no, definitely need both of but them. But Hart stepped up. Hartenstein stepped up. And then, you know, I, I think we can kind of move our uh, – let's just say, like, throughout the game, the Knicks were, were losing the vast majority of this game. Um, every time they'd make a run, it seemed like Miami had an answer for it. Guys who were giving us some issues, Gabe Vincent – you know, he, he went 7 of 17, 4 of 12 from 3. Not great numbers, but it did seem like he was he, he and Caleb Martin were kind of the two biggest problems. They're the, they're the ones that were the biggest points of frustration. And, and Gabe Vincent, and the, the second half numbers are, are good. He turned it on. His first half, he starts slow shooting-wise. Because uh, he goes 6 of 10, 3 of 7 from behind the arc in the second half. So he... He found it there. I do not like facing him. Just he he became has become a pest. He really has. Yeah, he's he's the guy I'm probably the most afraid of outside Jimmy Butler on this team. Like even you know Duncan Robinson has the reputation of being the best shooter on the team, and I think he actually is. But pure shooting like uh, ability, he would be the guy. I say yeah. And the other thing is that the Knicks like kind of face guard him. So there were a couple plays where the Heat got layups or dunks 
because it was either R.J. Barrett or um, Jalen Brunson really just full-on face guarding uh, Duncan Robinson, not helping off at all. And I, I just think that when that's your scheme, everyone else has to be aware of that. Oh, R.J. Barrett isn't going to be providing any help on this play because he's stuck he's to Duncan stay Robinson. On Duncan. And, and there was some, like, I don't know if it was a miscommunication or just a lack of execution on that end that led to that. But, you know, three and a half quarters, this looked like Miami was going to pull this game out, and it, and it would have been a, a full-on disaster. Um, really bad. But things started to change. I thought Isaiah Hartenstein was a huge catalyst for that. He made a lot of winning plays between setting screens, um, getting rebounding, the offensive his... rebounds, and the loose ball fouls against him, trying to keep him off the ball. Um, they, they changed the whole complexion of the game. It was his, his intensity that I thought, like sometimes I'll see that when Deuce McBride gets entered into the rotation, like his intensity changes sort of the chemistry of the game. It, it felt that way with Hartenstein in the front court uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. Absolutely. What a stud. What a stud. We, it's, it's very nice to get 48 minutes of like solid center play. Yeah. What a luxury. They can get, especially against a team that, that employs Bam out of bio that could have become exposed very quickly when uh, like Mitch gets into some foul trouble early and, uh, and all that, but uh, but no, Hartenstein stepped up. So from there is kind of the Jalen Brunson show uh, with some a little Josh Hart mixed in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jalen Brunson was the closer. He was hitting. He hit that three that led to the four point play. Yes, <laughs> which was a, you know maybe a little controversial, but upon a point rewatch, of contention, yeah, it's like that was the right call. It's the right call. I thought. I tweeted uh, uh, about how I'd love for the Knicks to catch a break one time because I was as the broadcast was talking about how they're going to take the three away and all that. And then immediately they ruled it the same way. So uh, the tweet kind of flopped, but uh, <laughs> but but no, they, uh, I'm happy that's the way it went. Yeah, that was, that's a worth, worthwhile trade-off. Yes. Um, but... So, yeah, Hartenstein, that was with, like, 640 left, and Hartenstein made the free throw. From there on, six minutes left in the game, you had a Jalen Brunson step back. Um, I think that was over Duncan Robinson. They got they got the matchup that they wanted, even though the Heat were in a zone. This is one of the first times I noticed that they actually got the matchup they wanted with the spacing that they wanted, the Knicks did, and so mm-hmm. they got Jalen Brunson matched up on a Duncan Robinson in the left kind of block area, and he just hit a, a fadeaway jumper. Um and yeah, there were just some massive plays. Julius Randle hit Josh Hart for a corner three that was enormous. After that, four minutes left in the game, Jalen Brunson came off a screen from Hartenstein, and Hartenstein really hit, I think it was Gabe Vincent, really leveled him with this screen, um, and it opened up Jalen Brunson, who, who just pulled up and hit the three, and it was like, man, just the that was probably the biggest shot of the game, I think. Yeah, that, that was huge relief uh, on both of those, the, that... All right, that was when you started to feel like, okay, we're there. Knicks are going to survive this one. So the Knicks were up three at that point. The next play, the next significant play, I should say, was the missed shot clock violation. So the the Heat actually connected with the rim on their shot, but the mm-hmm. officials called a shot clock violation. It nullified a layup from Miami that would have cut the lead to one with three minutes left. Yeah. Instead, it was a three-point game. Nick's ball, and from there, Jalen Brunson hit a floater, and um, that made it a five-point game, two-possession two game, and that was that was huge. So, like, it, it still got dicey from there. Like, 
Yeah, um, there were there were points of of a potential break that uh, that could have been very scary, but we never quite got to that. Yeah, there was another Josh Hart three assisted by Julius Randle. Yes. There were some big Julius Randle free throws. There was a kind of a boneheaded play where Julius Randle stepped on the out of bounds line, trying to inbound it. Yeah, opened um, it back up just a little bit. Yeah, creaked the door open for Miami a little bit, but ultimately. The Knicks were able to, to close it Survive out it. with some more free throws. Josh Hart hit a couple and um, also missed a couple. But they won. It was a huge sigh of relief. And I really do feel much closer to neutral headed into Miami for game three. Closer to, like you said, how I did before the series started. Yeah, but basically, I'm, I'm kind of back to where where we were. Because uh, split in Miami and... I sort of always thought Butler has a chance to win two games by himself in this series. I'm, I'm I have a feeling he will be back Saturday, uh, and that will be another adjustment that has to be made. Get back to him being in the action, but uh, but yeah, I feel about the same level of confidence as I am coming in. I, I would I would guess the Knicks pull this series out uh, if you're asking me right now. Said Nixon six to start, and I'm I'm sticking with that. Yeah. Um, can't can't win in six without losing two. That's exactly no. right. That's math. That's math. So we we took care of one. You know, we we probably should focus a little bit on the the downside, which was the Knicks bench in this one. Uh, yeah. Outside Hartenstein, um, Emmanuel quickly only played nine minutes the entire game. You know, mm-hmm. he was the Knicks third best player this season. It was not debatable. The value he added was, it was critical to this team's, I, all, it, the whole identity of it was Emmanuel quickly coming off the bench and just introducing this level of like spontaneity, right? Like his, yep. he's one of those guys that you don't really know. Like he could pull up from deep or he can get into the paint. He can pass. Like he can kind of do a little do. bit of everything and he's, he has the bravado, you know, like he, he'll do he'll, it. He'll, he'll try strong. anything. He'll like, try anything. And so just that kind of like devil-may-care attitude, I thought it really always infected the bench in a positive way. And he just has not been able to get it going. Like whether it's his three-point shot, he was 0 of 4 from 3. That means he was 3 of 3 from 2, which is good. Like he he hit a few floaters. He he hit back-to-back floaters that were actually pretty important. Yeah. Um, He, well, he very early on hit that floater. Yep. And it felt like they... Abandoned that. It's like try it again, man. It felt it felt like we could have worked to get him another inside look at, at some point. That's just, the thing. Like quickly, you would think would be one of the players who would be great against zone. Yeah. His three point shooting, his ability to attack closeouts, to get into space, to find teammates. Like he can just general, typically making the right play. He's smart. So, and he hasn't. It's been it's been the single biggest like mystery of this Knicks playoff run that that the fact that the Knicks are, are even this far with him not contributing nothing but close to it as close as we could have thought he would uh the fact that they've gotten this far basically without him I mean the, the first the first series he was really kind of a non-factor offensively but he was still good on defense impacted defense and I don't feel like he's right really plays. done that in, against Miami I feel like he's been kind of in the wrong spots he's been very jumpy He's been like, you know, falling for these ball fakes and pump fakes and, and trying to get into passing lanes, but is taking gambles that aren't paying off. And it's just, it has not looked good for him at all. Nine minutes. 
for the yeah. game for like I said, our third best player. That is that's dire. Yeah. Like when that, when our two best players are hobbled. known to be hobbled right now. Like it, it wasn't a secret uh, for him not to be able to to be a spark and provide any relief uh, to them. Then you they got, they need more than that. We've gotten we basically it. nothing at all from him this playoffs. Game five, he was he was not amazing, but good. Because it worked, they won the game, and and he helped. But uh, this Miami series, he's back to having not contributed so far. So that's there was some speculation to watch for. There was some speculation about his role changing a little bit. I think Fred Katz wrote an article in the Athletic about his pick and roll usage dropped precipitously. It was like he was running five pick and rolls a game during the regular season, and now it's like one. And some of that is probably minutes per game as well. But that is a a noticeable Mm -hmm. change in role. But I don't want to chalk it up to that. Like he's a basketball yeah. player. If he's he's getting opportunities, and he just doesn't. He hasn't looked confident out there. Yeah. But bottom line is he needs to hit a couple more shots because it's not it's not a lack of open looks that he's you know been granted. Like it, we said for game one and on the whole and the whole the Knicks had open looks. They just didn't really hit any of them. So that's why that game was not fun. But if if quickly hits a couple more open looks, he probably plays with a ton of confidence in the other facets of the game and gets more run and we see a couple more pick and roll opportunities for him. So uh, hit one of these open looks and start feeling good, dude. Yeah, there should be kind of like a cascading effect there. But um, the other guy was Obi Toppin. He only played 10 minutes and he was he was pretty dreadful. Um, and his, his worst game of this playoffs. Easily, yeah, because he's been good in these. He's been very good in these playoffs. So I don't want to kill him for that. He had one bad game. He, did, he took yeah. two shots, like you said, airballed them both. He was he was very bad on defense. It was like back to back possessions too. Like he was just, like he was like hanging his head on defense too, like just making bad plays. Yeah. Um, like they take him off the floor. He looks he looked dejected. De- dejected. I was gonna say distraught on the bench. Like he like he like he didn't understand what what got into him last night. Yeah, he just didn't have it. And that's you know, we said going into the series that depth was the Knicks' strength. That they had a deeper team than the Heat. And it is not borne out that way at all. And so I think we got to be looking for a shift. Get, need to get that back. De- yeah, desperately need that back. Um, and I think they will. And I, and I do think that Grimes starting, even even if Jimmy Butler's playing, mm-hmm. that's fine. Like I'm not. I don't need Josh Hart to play matched up every minute on Jimmy Butler. Not I, at all. The Knicks team defense can get this done. They they have other guys that can guard him. Sure, if if Hart's when Hart's in the game. Ideally, he's the totally. one on Butler when he's in because Jimmy's the dynamic offensive player on Miami's team. But we don't need to mirror every minute. Yeah, and, and Hart can still get the same num- number of minutes, can still close games. But I, I think I'd love to see him come off the bench and, and provide it because the Knicks need it, man. Knicks yeah, that, that group needs him. And him as like a spark, fun piece is is huge. Did we saw give, that game one of the Cleveland series. Did we give Brunson enough love for closing that game out, man? Because he, like we said, he was one for six in the first half, and yep. he completely flipped. completely flipping it. He he the the fortitude within him, uh, really really showed out. He because uh, he like we know he has the, the ankle thing. I'm sure everybody's got issues we don't know about going on health wise. Like when he gets when you get off to a bad start like that. Good. You got to commend him for having a very strong second half and, and particularly fourth quarter. 
Yeah, man. He was in the second half. He was nine of thirteen from the field, five of seven from three. He had twenty three points in that second half. It's tremendous. It was it was just shot making is what it was, and that's what we've been used to from Jalen Brunson all season is just mm-hmm. getting the ball in the basket, shot making, and and he got back to that in the second half, and I hope he can carry it on uh, as the season as the series goes on. Yeah, he. I, ideally, we get a little more of it early, but but hey, if uh, if this is the formula, it 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 works. Uh, we need him. He's he's basically the only the, the best. He's the best fourth quarter like go to scorer we've had in forever. Like since Mello, like yeah, only guy we've had that that like we we need to go get a good shot off. Go. That's the thing about Brunson is like in the first game, in game one, and even the first half of game two, it didn't feel like he was like creating any space for himself. No, and he, and even his shot was he hit. He was so short on everything. Like he was stepping into threes, momentum coming forward. Usually, you see guys miss off the back rim with that. He was still like barely grazing the rim, and it was like, okay, there's something wrong with his with his ankle. Something's like, up. He's a, he's either exhausted or. Or yeah, injured, and we found out it's injured. And then second half rolls around, and, and it all went away. And I, new life. Who knows? Who knows why? But it, it couldn't have happened at a better time. So um, I don't know, man. I, I think that's kind of all I got for it's now. About, it's about it. I would I would assume we see Jimmy Butler when we get back to Miami. Yeah, I know he, he was doing a lot playing. of like smiling to the Knicks crowd. He looked very confident, like this team could barely beat these guys without me. Yeah, but which I get. I get it too. It's I get just, the feeling if I were him. It's just not really how basketball works, you know. Like, so, yeah. like when you're the underdog, you can play a little loose, play a little free. Like the Knicks were probably up uptight a little bit. You know what I mean? Like they had all the pressure on them. They had to win that game, and they're already down one. There's a little bit of that like 16 seed versus one seed. You know, obviously the yeah. one seed wins almost every time, but sometimes you start to get a little tight. It can, it can and be, hang around, hang can around. be a little closer than you want. All right. Well, I think, uh, I think that should do it. I mean, we both still like Knicks in this series and I don't think that's just pure fandom. I think that I, I do think they kind of started to find something against the zone on offense and, and just Julius Randall's presence is going to be a tough thing to match up with yeah. going forward for Miami. So even introducing Jimmy Butler back at this team, I think I still feel pretty, still feel pretty good. good. I th- I feel like it's just defense. You have to clean it up. You the have defense to has to clean it up, and and you trust that Tibbs at, at this point will make those adjustments on the players to execute those. But uh, yeah, it feels like in in these first two games we sort of got Miami's everyone besides Jimmy and Bam. We got their like best collective punch. Um, and and it's still a split, so it's gonna be hard for them to to I think repeat the same. You know, it's gonna be a good series. They very well might, but it's it's gonna be very impressive if they can keep this level of play up. Uh, the Knicks' true talent level hopefully bears out. All right, anything else? We're good. I think we we're it. there. All right, folks. Well, listen, if you're still listening, we appreciate you. Make sure you go and subscribe on podcast platforms. Go to our social media, at Talkin' Nicks, on Twitter, on Instagram. We're on YouTube now. Make sure you follow us, subscribe. 
We're putting out Follow video. Follow everywhere. Check it out. Interact. Breakdowns. Breakdowns coming out. Fun stuff. There's there's several days in between, so there's going to be plenty to dissect yeah. between Some now time and between Saturday. Now and so we appreciate you listening. Leave a review. Do all that fun stuff. Yeah. In we the meantime, we love you. We never we don't say that enough. Like I, I love you, the listener. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Until then, hey, let's go Knicks. Knicks tape.